Hey, it's Fallon. You're listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. This has been uh, such a weird week. I mean, here in Minnesota, it's been normal, but maybe you listen in other areas. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, hey, you are recording episodes in other states now, right? I'm like, actually, I'm doing a lot of that because before it was like lazy and easy for me just to have people come in from Minnesota to the studios. And then they were like, you're never allowed to have people in the studios again. And so I had to kind of go online. And that's why the audio is sketchy in 90% of my episodes, which I apologize for all the time. But I mean, and it's funny because you know how you always blame someone else's phone for having like lower bars, but it could be yours. In my mind, I blame everyone else's internet connection, but I'm pretty sure it's my sketchy internet connection. So just so you know, like I am taking people from other states. I have a couple people actually scheduled. I think one from Arizona coming up. And this episode may actually sound better than all the others because I am doing it in the studio. And it's because I'm doing it with a coworker today. I don't know if you remember, and maybe you're new to the podcast. Maybe you haven't listened to some older episodes, but uh, I want to say... Uh, I can't remember what episode it was now, but I did an episode, episode you see it's called Colt, um, with our old night host, Colt. And it was right before he moved to Texas. So now he's dealing with everything going on in Texas right now. And it was a very, very touching episode about his childhood and uh, kind of the lack of parenting he dealt with and the struggles he had growing up. And it really touched a lot of people. Then he moved away and we had to fill that position. And we were so fortunate to get E. White and so, which I call him Eric, but he's E. White on a KDWB, our radio station. And he had messaged me saying, hey, I want to be on your podcast. And I had the same reaction initially that I had to Colt, like, was your heartbreak? You know what I mean? Because at the time, like with Colt, he's married to this amazing woman. I'm like, and they had been together forever. I'm like, what heartbreak? And then he explains, I said, okay. And then the same with Eric. He has like this amazing, lovely girlfriend, not that he could never have had a heartbreak before, but it is not a relationship heartbreak. This is more about friendship. So actually, Eric is in the studio with me. Hey, what's up? Yes, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this with me today. I, this is one of those things that you say all the time. I work with you. I don't see you every day just because we have very different shifts. We see each other maybe couple times a month. Right, right. And it's yeah. usually we'll say, hey, Eric, can you come in and do some stupid bit on our morning show? Which totally down with, always down. Yeah. <laughs> and Eric has this like crazy fun energy, this like positivity about him. And we've actually done, uh, Jake, my husband and I, we've done a wine night, which is so funny because you're more of a brewery person. Right. But it was in the midst of like so many things being weird with COVID. You had to get reservations. And I said, do you want to go to a wine bar? And you're like, uh okay like i don't know whatever gets me sure. gets me drunk yeah so which is funny because and like we and so we went we hadn't been in this place either and we no. had such a great time with I, you guys it was so nice for sure i i'm like it sucks that covid's been so weird and it's been so cold because i would totally do it again yeah. but like also negative numbers suck so like i'm yeah. not trying to do that yeah and he moved here we were just talking about this before the podcast started you moved here at the worst possible time to move to a new place and start a new job when did you move here? January 2020. Yeah. And then two months later, what's up? COVID. Hi. Yeah, shuts down. <laughs> so imagine moving, and maybe you have gone through this, you move to a new state and you cannot hang out with coworkers. You can't meet new people. You can't explore the city in a true way. I mean, what a weird experience. So 
you guys have uh, dealt with a lot, but you did adopt a puppy, which brought so much joy to your life. Absolutely. Shout out Gordy. She's the best. She <laughs> still poops everywhere and like shoes up carpet, but like it is what it is. You, know? <laughs> you have to accept her <laughs> yeah, for who she is. Yeah. You know, it's just her personality. It's what she is as, you know, a, a being. So yeah. <laughs> well, she's adorable. Yes. Yeah, um, adorable. Where can people follow you online and see Gordy? I mean, see YouTube, but more M- so Gordy. More so the pup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's all the E white on the mic. E like a letter, white like the color on the MIC. Um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you know, all that yeah, stuff. He's yeah, he's blown up on TikTok, by the way. So it's like the only thing I have. Like that's like everybody else on the station has like so many followers on Instagram and TikTok. I'm like, yes. You're <laughs> like, killing I got it. it. You're <laughs> killing it. Everyone has their spot, their place to shine. Oh um, man. Okay, so so because this isn't a relationship based episode, what are we going to hear in your story today? So uh, I had a really good friend of mine uh that passed away in college and we had like a lot of like dreams and goals to do things together and just the whole process of accepting that that's not a thing anymore. And like, um, just accepting, you know, knowing that somebody that you really cared about isn't there anymore. And I think that's something that a lot of people deal with. So I think so. I'm Fallon and this is the heartbroken podcast. Everyone has experienced heartbreak in their life. Some more than others. Often, we feel like we're bothering our family or friends when we talk about it. I started this podcast to help those going through heartbreak share their stories. Sometimes it's easier to share with someone they don't know. I hope it's somewhat therapeutic for them. Maybe it gives them some closure. And to those listening, I hope it helps you feel less alone. Thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. So did you guys know each other before college or did you meet in college? No. So we met in college. So uh, I started, I was, a, you know, started college in 2013 and um, I was just kind of unsure of like what I was doing as everybody in college does, um, you know, just going through that first couple of like, you know, months of just like, where's my place? What am I going to do? What am I trying to figure out? Um, and I gravitated towards um, the radio station. Okay. And so we had a college radio station at Temple. I went to Temple in Philadelphia and when I was there, like I was still trying to figure things out. I wanted to show and everything and I didn't know how to get about it or go about it. And eventually I ended up getting one and whatever. And one of the first people I met at the station that like I really enjoyed being around because mm-hmm. the rest of them were like seniors and they were just like, I'm on my way out. Yeah, Fuck bye. y'all. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, was this kid, Matt, uh, Matt McNamee. We called him Matty Mac. And he, um, like I was just chilling in there one day. He came up to me and just started shooting the shit with me. Yeah. And like instantly I was like, this kid is like electric. Like, I love this kid so much. He was so pleasant, so nice and everything. And just like anytime I was in a studio, um, ironically he would be there. I, we were both like nerds about it. We would just hang out in the studio, like yeah. even when it wasn't our show and like, People will be like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Yeah, you know? like, this yeah. isn't your time. What are yeah, you doing? Yeah, like, what are you doing? And we're just like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, it's just there was a place to just chill. We could eat, have coffee, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever. And, uh, yeah, we would just, like, talk a bunch. And, like, we were just, like, really, really tight. We found out we both lived in the same dorm room years a year apart, which okay. was funny. So, so he was a year older than you? Yeah, so okay. he, was a, he was a year older than me. So he's a sophomore. I was a freshman. And, um, yeah, it's just, like, we instantly clicked. You yeah. know, it was, like, and... It was just really, really cool to have somebody that I could, like, you know, go to and talk about radio. Yeah. Um, so fast forward a year later, um, I, we both have shows and we're both back to back. So it's my show, a sports show, and uh, our buddy JT. And JT was probably, like, 
I don't I want to say we were like, you know, three musketeers because like, you know, JT had his own thing. I had my own. We all had separate friend groups. Yeah. But at the radio station, we were tight, you know, so okay. it was kind of like one of those things. Right. Like yep. we're like you and, you know, you, Tina and Jenny Dave and everybody. And Jenny, yeah. yeah. Oh, Dave, and- Jenny, everybody, you know, you're all close, you know, but there's always like the ones you're like, you know, a little bit tighter with. Right. Yes. And so like me, JT and Matt, were all like really, really tight. Um, and we was just like we would have like time in between shows and everything before shows. And we would just talk. And I remember one day we were just sitting there and we we're like, all right, here's the vibe. We're all going to make this happen. Yes. Like, you know, whether it be, you know, next year, tomorrow, five years from now, 10 years from now, we're all going to make it in radio in some sort of way. I was going to ask you, what did, what way did you all have the same aspiration for like, was it, I want to do a morning show in this, in like this level of market or this specific city or what were your specific dreams? Do you remember? We honestly, we were just like, let's just do it. You yeah. know, we, we just love the business so much. And we love the aspect of it. At the time, I wanted to do sports, so I was just like, oh, I want to be Stephen A. And it's just like, that's like a crazy, you know, like ludicrous aspiration. Um, Matt, on the other hand, was more towards like, he loved Howard Stern and he loved all those like, you know, more comedic based morning shows. Um, And JT was kind of in my realm too. Uh, But Matt was just like, you know, his show was very much like Rob Deerdeck, like ridiculousness, like, you know, type of bullshit. And, like, it was great. It was all, like, tons of fun. And, like, I hopped on there a few times and everything. And, like, at one point there was, like, a segment where it was just, like, they would, uh, you know, I was just, like, such a nerdy kid, you know, Mm -hmm. up until, like, you know, the globe was real. Trust me. Uh, (laughs) But, like, I was such a nerdy kid. And they would just, like, ask me, like, just the randomest dumb things and everything. And I would just be, like, I don't know what that is. What is this? Like, you know, like, (laughs) reading, like, Urban Dictionary and everything. Yeah, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, And Matt had so much fun with me. And they always, like, did that type of stuff. And, yeah, so, like, we all had different aspirations. But, like, I think we just all had that centralized uh, vibe that we all wanted to do something in radio. And, like, it, it, it was hard to find people like that, especially at our school. Because there was just, like, not a lot of people that wanted to do anything other than TV. They always wanted to be on TV. And mm-hmm. we were all just like, well, we're too ugly, so let's try something different. Oh, my gosh. No, <laughs> no but, that's, but that's, I think, of uh, younger generations in general. Younger generations don't look at radio mm. and, uh, and automatically think that necessarily. Right. Even though there's still a lot of cool to it. Oh, no, it's, it's dope, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's, we are, I always tell people, we're the kids that got detention. And then, like, you know, the TV people are, like, the ones that got straight A's. That, that's, yeah. It's kind of accurate. Like, yeah. you know, it's not wrong. So, like, yeah. we're, we're just out here trying to bring the good vibes and everything. And Matt was that type of person. You know, he was just that type of person to always bring the positivity and just, like, you know, if somebody looked out of place, he went out of his way to make sure that, you know, they felt they were welcome. Okay. And, and he was just like a per- he he was always like people first and yeah. like that's just like the type of person that he was and it's something that everybody I think appreciated for sure. That's something that says a lot about a person. I actually I p- did a post the other day and I said how can you support other women you do and don't know? Right. I could go for people in general. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was someone who said when they come in a room introduce yourself so they feel welcome immediately. Absolutely. So to describe this person, your friend in that way, you're always looking for that. I mean, you have the image in your, I have the image in my head of you in in a movie walking in with your lunch tray at lunch because they always have that scene looking for the table to sit at, but he's the guy that waves you over. Absolutely. To sit at your table. And he's that guy for sure. He was always that dude. Like he he did not care who you were, um, where you came from or anything like that. It, he would make you feel like you were like part of the family, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah, for sure. So- you guys did not hang out a ton outside of the radio station, right? We would. So we kind of, we had similar, so we had separate circles, but we had similar circles. Mm-hmm. Um, So like he, 
I was in a fraternity, and a couple of the guys he went to high school with were in my fraternity. So he would uh, come to our house sometimes to parties and stuff like that. So, like, we would drink when we were there and okay. everything. Um, but, like, we didn't, like, seek out, like, you know, tons of, like, opportunities to hang out outside of the radio station, mostly because we were there all the time. I was going to say, so, but it sounds like you were spending, yeah, yeah a lot it, of it time was like there. One, it was one of those things where it was just, like, we were just constantly there. So it's, like, we were kind of, like, work friends, you know, mm -hmm. but, like, also, like, because it was college, we were just homies, you yeah. know. So it kind of worked out that way. Um, but yeah, outside of, outside of, um, the station, there weren't a ton of times we would like hang out like hardcore, you know, yeah. which is like, but again, it's just, we spent so much time. It felt like we didn't need to, you yeah. know, which was nice. You know, it was nice to kind of have that, like, you know, this is our spot. This is our place. And this is like our club, right. Mm -hmm. You know, where we can just like, you know, chill and spread ideas and think freely and not have to worry about what other people are thinking about, you know, mm -hmm. especially like. You know, you talk about radio to, you know this, you talk about radio to anybody else that's, like, not in the industry. Like, sometimes it gets a little, like, weird and out there. And, like, yeah. it's not to not to sound, like, disinclusive or anything, but more just, like, it's it's hard to explain some things to people, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that if in anyone's Any career, industry. yeah, you, could, you explain things and people glaze over because they don't relate or they don't understand it or, or don't care. You know? Right. No, it's a absolutely. combination of things. I think about the times I go on tangents with Elise and Elise is just on her phone eventually. Just kind of like, you know, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I heard this like five times already. Yeah. It's fine. You know? Yeah, yep. for sure. So where were you at um, in your college career when things happened? So we were, so it was the end of my sophomore year and we had just finished, um, you know, the school year and everything. And we had gotten like announcements, to, like who was going to be like on staff. So like we had like the radio personalities and everything on the station, but then we had like a staff of like administrators and stuff like that. And yeah. Matt and I were both named administrators on the staff. So we, I was the program director. He was the production director. So we were going to like work hand in hand. And like, yeah. I remember texting him like, bro, this is going to be so dope. I'm so excited. He's like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, let's go. Like we were so stoked about it. And it's just like, I saw like the process of like, our future as like, you know, whether it be together or separate as mm -hmm. just like homies, like our future in radio, like progressing and yeah. getting to a point where it's like, okay, this is something that's real and we can actually do this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like it doesn't need to just be like this hobby we do in college. Um, and then I got, uh, an email, uh, two weeks later from our head of staff, um, and he was like, Hey, um, I don't know if you've heard anything, but there has been an accident. Um, and Matt, uh, liked to party. Like I said, you know, we like to party. We like to have a good time. Uh, and he had this like really dope apartment, uh, in like a couple blocks, like further down, mm -hmm. um, from where I was living. Like, and mind you, like we were in middle of North Philadelphia. So like, you know, a couple blocks is far, okay. you know, so it's yeah. like, you know, he's, he's like, you know, we, so I, I probably went over there once or twice. And, like, he, he was having a party one night, and he had this, like, really sweet patio on his roof. And he, freak accident, got too close to the edge and fell three stories. Like, just. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he uh, was obviously rushed to the hospital and everything. He lived. Like, he, he legitimately, like, he was somehow survived. Um, but he was in a semi-conscious state. So, okay. like. I think the thing that, like, hit me was that the first thing that hit me was, like, okay, he was in an accident. He's going to be okay, right? Yep. Immediately you go into denial. You're like, oh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be cool. And then, you you know, you hear more about it. And, you know, I text people, and I'm like, you know, I text Tom, who was in my frat, and I was just like, 
yo, man, like, you know anything more about Matt? And he's just like, dude, honestly, I know about as much as you right now. Um, and then, like, you know, he hits me back, and he's just like, yo, man, it doesn't look great. And I'm just like, well, well, he'll, he'll be good. He'll be okay. Like, it's it's Matt. Like, yeah. it's Matty. Like, yo, he, he's going to be great. Yeah. Um, And then, like, you know, more and more things come out about it and what happened. And, you know, obviously just, like, again, freak accident and all that. But his mom starts, like, a whole, like, Facebook page, like, you know, updating us on his life. And it suddenly becomes, like, okay, this isn't this isn't cool. Like, this isn't Mm -hmm. what we thought it was. We thought he was just going to like, you know, like he was going to be in a hospital for two weeks, recover, come back, eventually be back to back to normal. And grasping that reality of he's not going to be the same person Mm -hmm. was hard for everybody that knew him. And I think it was really hard for me and anybody who worked with him at the radio station, like all his co-hosts got like, you know, I, I think about like the people that, like he had his show was with his best friend, yeah. like you know, and so, you know, I I think about how like you know, fucked up I was from it. I can't even think about what Spencer was, you know, with his situation, mm-hmm. and we were just so emotional about everything that was happening, and just like, it it was like, trying to grasp everything was just really really hard because it's I, you know you're he's he was twenty one when the accident happened wow. twenty one twenty two, and. It's like that moment where you feel, you know, selfishly, you realize you're not invincible anymore. Yeah. And, like, I think that's a really hard thing to accept as a kid. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, you can you can accept that when you're, like, older, right? You know, in your head, it's just, like, we talk about joking, joking about getting older all the time, yeah. right? And just, like, you know, oh, well, my back hurt this morning when I woke up and mm-hmm. things like that. But, like, seeing one of your friends, you know, in a coma is like the the ultimate reality check of just like we're we're human beings yeah like we're not invincible and i just you know the hard part was just being in that situation and like not being able to do anything about it and so it it was just it was just really really hard and so he was he, he was in that state for god man how long shit that was right before my junior year like almost a year and a half Oh my gosh! Like his 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 family are like people of faith, and like you know, so of course, like the Catholic faith is just like super, like never pull the plug. So was he completely unresponsive? Yeah, he was, he was gone. yeah okay. He was gone. It, it, it was he was responsive, mm-hmm. but like, and that's when that was. This is when it gets a little hard talking about it, but it's just like the the littlest things became accomplishments, right? And I just remember, like, thinking to myself, like, you know, here's us on this parallel track, and then we completely split, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I'm here, and I'm doing what I'm doing with radio and trying to make the accomplishments and, you know, do what I'm doing, you know, and, like, trying to get internships and everything. And, like, Matt's just trying to move his eyes back and forth to make sure he can focus. Mm -hmm. Matt's just trying to sit up in a chair. They're trying to get him out of bed, you know? They're trying to make sure he doesn't, like, you know, choke when he's eating. Like, it, it is just, like... That hit that hits you, you know, and, and it doesn't hit you immediately, but it but it just adds up, right? It's just I'm not a I'm not good with emotions, you know. I'm I'm a person where I either let let it go all the way or I just let it build up and build up yeah. and build up. Um, and that was like that for a year and a half, and just you know, it, his mom was just 
you know, Kathy's a fucking saint, dude. Like, she is yeah. just so, like, she's so strong and, and everything and everything that went on. And Any type of caretaker, you yeah. really, you you don't, you cannot imagine. And then to, for the caretaker to be uh, your mother, imagine mm-hmm. you being, taking care of your kid in that state. Mm-hmm. It's it, unimaginable. It, it was, it was just crazy. It was nuts. It, it, and, like, I, I don't know how she was strong enough to do that. And it, it just her persistence and who she is as a person and her will. It's just like, it's and it, for his dad and his brother too, like both of them and his sister-in-law, like they were all like, you know, just so in it. And it's like everything stopped for them and they were just like Matt, you know yeah. I mean? That's their focus. Um, Matt passed away uh, March of 2017. And I was on a bus to Pittsburgh uh, to hang out with my buddies for uh Spring break. Yeah, spring break in Pittsburgh. Terrible. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not the spot. Not, 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 you know, I'll tell you what, you know, all my friends could have, you know, so a couple of my friends were down in like the Dominican Republic and I was like, fuck it. I'm in Steel Pittsburgh. City, bitch. Wow. <laughs> yep. Everyone's dream resort destination. <laughs> oh my God. The, just the, uh, the, the luscious beaches on the Monongahela. Truly. Seriously, it's amazing. <laughs> um, and I was on a bus, uh, like they did like a metro bus from like Philly to Pittsburgh, just straight across. Um, and Tom called me and he was like, Hey man, I don't know if you heard, but Matt died. And we knew it was like one of those things where we knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, and that's the thing is just like, sometimes it makes it easier. You know, when you know, like, like if somebody has like terminal cancer, yeah. you, you like value the time that you have with them. Mm-hmm. Um, with Matt, there was just so much hope that he would get better. Yeah. And there was just so much, you know, and I was in denial. I was like, absolutely in denial of just like one day he'll come back. He'll be back. He'll be back. And we we, will do this together. And I think everything hit me all at the same time of just like, okay, he wasn't going to come back. It was never going to happen. Like here he is, you know, he passed away and just like, I was good. And then I thought about the fact that nobody else would ever meet him for the first time and nobody else would be able to experience the person that he was you know, we all have that memory of him. We all have everything we could talk about him with. But there was never that moment of just like that initial first introduction. And I thought about that. And I just lost my shit on the bus. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Brianna. She's a student at Lock Haven at the time. I don't know who the fuck she is. Just some random person. Just some random yeah. person. I'm right in the seat next to her. Remember when we could sit next to people on the yep. bus? Yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. Just fucking crying, and she is just literally rubbing my back. Oh, like it yeah. was just like I, I, I lost it, man. It was so hard, and it, the thing that sucked was that like I had spent all my money on that those tickets and everything, and just like you know, I get the call that his funeral was that weekend, and I couldn't fucking make it back. I couldn't fucking like. I still have a hard time forgiving myself for that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I couldn't afford to get on a bus i couldn't afford to get on a plane to head back to philly and i missed his fucking funeral like the guy who i considered a friend a mentor and everything i missed that shit and like i still hold myself accountable to that a lot of people would argue that the funeral (laughs) is you know just the the funeral a lot of people say the funeral is kind of more for the family right but a lot of people have already said their goodbyes at that point yeah it was just hard you know i i agree but it's just like I get it. Yeah, it's just like I that last chance to pay your respects, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and that was hard for me. Um, I always joke about that night in Pittsburgh and everything, you know, with you guys. And yeah. that was a bad night for me because I just drank 
like yeah. and drank and drank and I ended up in the hospital. Um, and I, I try to laugh it off because it's like the easier way to do it. But that was, that was because I just could not cope with my friend dying. Yeah. And, um, I, I, well, I'm going to guess hard. there's a level of, <laughs> I'm going to guess your level of guilt came more from not from being there, but for you going out and ha being on a spring break. Yeah. So part of me feels like when you drink that much where you end up in a hospital, you're trying to sabotage subconsciously or whatever it is that life that you're living that you felt that he should be living. That a thousand percent. Uh, that's so spot on. I never really thought about it that way in such a complex way, but it's, it's true. It's like, it should be us, right? That was the whole time I was thinking about it. And it's just, it's really, really hard. And like, you know, selfishly, I, I, you know, I, I did some, you know, I, I did something dumb that weekend, you know, and it's just, it sucks. And I just remember coming back home and I think I had to like sit there and like collect my thoughts properly. And I realized that like, okay, he can't be here for this, but I'm here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can do this yeah. and like, you know, we can do this, but you know, I'm going to need help, yeah. you know? And I just remember like getting more determined and like at the time and like, you know, you know, this with radio too, it's just like, I was, I had my doubts and I was like, you know, I, and there's been so many times in radio I've wanted to quit because it's just, it feels thankless sometimes, you know, it, really it, does. it, it, yeah. it just feels like, you know, you feel hollow and sometimes and you feel like you're putting together all this work and like nothing is coming through and just like people get fired and you have to act like nothing happened yeah. and you have to act like you're just. And so it's such a hard gig to do. There's been times that literally thinking about Matt has gotten me through doing things and like doing radio and like he's like literally like become my motivation. Well, for, you're fulfilling. For doing I'm fulfilling his dream as much as I'm fulfilling my dream, you know, it's like, it's our thing, you mm -hmm. know? And so it's just like, I, I promised him something, mm -hmm. you know, I promised, promised him what we were going to do this and he might not be able to, but I can do it for us. Mm -hmm. And so that like made me so determined to get into this and like, you know, here, here we are, you know, doing what we're doing. And like, it's so funny because like, I'm going to try not to. Ugh. Ugh. I hate this. It sucks. His mom, other than my family and Elise, are probably my biggest fan because she just knows that, like, I'm trying to do this because he couldn't. Mm -hmm. And my first day I was on the air in Des Moines, she, like, I, I she was literally on the iHeart app, like, listening in and, like, text me. And she's like, hey, I'm so proud of you. And, like, said, I know he is, too. And I just, oh, I fucking lost oh, it, man. God, yeah. <laughs> it was just, oh, my God. She is just, like, and I just, I, it's crazy because it took me a long time to accept that he was gone, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, all the time I was in Des Moines, I couldn't accept it. I, I couldn't. It was just like, it was really, really hard to sit there and be like, you know, he's not somewhere else doing this. He's not in like insert town here doing yep. this with me. And so it's just like, it took a lot for me to accept the fact that like, you know, he's gone, but it's okay. Like everything's okay. Yeah. Like, and like you can like, 
we're doing this and like kind of like it's so weird because I feel my I feel him and me. That sounded weird. Yeah. <laughs> but like but I no. feel but I feel like I, I I think about like what I do and how I do things and like what I do on the air sometimes. I'm like that's how Matt would have done it. Yeah. And like, you know, because like I never even wanted to get in the top forty either, but he did. And yeah. like, you know, it's kind of weird how it ended up this way. I'm and not I'm not the most spiritual person, but I am do, I. but I believe in like some weird things happening that feel spiritual. Right. Have you had any of those moments where you like I don't want to say like you felt his presence because it sounds so like I'm sitting with the psychic, but you know what I'm asking, I think. Right. Like, have you had any of those moments that you're, it felt, it felt spiritual almost? Uh, I, I, you know, it sounds cliche to say every day I hit the mic, but it's kind of like, mm-hmm. I feel that way. You know what I mean? I feel like we both get it started, you know? Yeah. Um, also, anytime uh, Black Betty by Ram Jam plays. <laughs> Um, random random but he started all his shows with that oh, song okay, yeah. and uh i remember for a year i would cry when ram jam came on and like mind you it's like the most like fucking like bar fight yep. song yeah. ever but i would be like in the middle of a dive bar in des moines bawling my eyes out oh my God. and like eventually like i get over it and it's whatever and like i fucking love that song it's that's so what dope. music does that's what the beauty of music yeah right like people like think about music right like people think about these like emotional songs and things like that when they think of somebody they love i think about fucking ram jam <laughs> like it's, it's so weird but he's just such a you know he was such a beautiful soul man and like i think about like I, I for about six months, like when I was first getting into radio and like professionally, I, I was very uncomfortable on the air and I would just have a picture of Matt on the dash of the board because mm-hmm. I just knew I could talk to him and like I knew what he would do. Yeah. So it's like it's like, again, weird. It's like he's almost like like part of like who I am as a radio personality and yeah. who I am just like doing what I do is because of him is because of Matt McNamee. Yeah. And it's just like it feels weird just knowing that like. You know, people feel their presence, you know, with their people and the people they grew up with and the people they love, um, you know, when they see a certain thing or they hear a certain thing. And it's just like, I feel that because it's my job. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, it's so crazy because it's just. Well, he's yeah. going to always represent a moment, a huge moment in your life. Right. Like, I mean, uh, there's something about, and maybe you feel the same way in your career. There's something about our career in radio where we allow it to define our lives. I know they say don't allow your career to define your life, but there's something about it that it does. So to have this person, it almost represents the start of of you, this new version of you. It's it's crazy because like I have so many other things that like I love and so many other people that I love and everything, but it's crazy thinking that like the thing that I do and the living that I make and like, you know, what I, you know, it, it's it's because of this person yeah. and it's because of this person that I'm still doing it. You know what I mean? I would have quit radio a long time ago if it wasn't for this person. Mm -hmm. And, and that's something that like, you know, it turned the heartbreak of losing one of my closest friends into, you know, the joy of being able to do it in their honor and for them. And just like, you know, how old are you? I'm 25. Okay. So if you want, if you're listening, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, a little something about Eric that you won't maybe know to be Minneapolis, St. Paul, where we are. Minneapolis, St. Paul is like market 16 is top 20 market to be in a top 20 market on a legendary station. By the time you're 25 is kind of rare. It's, 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 it's not something everyone can do. Everyone can start out at a radio station in a small market. So for Eric to be in this big of a market at 25, it is 
a huge accomplishment. It's bragging rights. It's impressive beyond. So you're not just in like Des Moines. You were in Des Moines for a a skip of a rock because (laughs) you were moving on to bigger things. So when his mom tells you she's proud, it's because, because she is proud because you're very talented and you're making your friend proud. I mean, you're, you're doing a great job. And so I just hope you know that and that this is, it's, it's impressive and you're doing, you're doing him proud. For sure. Yep. Fucking love that kid. He also, <laughs> oh, fun, fun shit before we, before we dip. Sorry. Because yeah. fuck, I know you just like wrapped it up perfectly. No, but, no, 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 um, no. No, I, it's so funny because like one of my favorite things about him too was just like, and so like he loves Looney Tunes. Yeah. And so like he used to fucking do these sketches on Snapchat. And he would just literally sketch out like fucking Daffy Duck or Bugs Bunny next to him and shit like that. I'm like, <laughs> so fucking dope. Um, I'm trying to get, so like, I'm trying to get a tattoo of, uh, so I always told him like, dude, you got to do Daffy Duck with his face blown off. Unfortunately, oh, he had his gosh. accident. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, bro, I like, I got to get it tatted on me now. Yeah. Like, and, and Elise thinks it's ridiculous, but also yep. I'm just like, it's for my friend, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know it's dumb, but damn it. <laughs> it's a, it'll be a conversation starter and then you get to carry on the conversation about him. Right. Exactly. It'll be great. Oh my goodness. Well, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. I, not everyone's lost a friend, but if you have, you know, this pain and the truth of it, like you said, like it doesn't, you there is something about you thinking they're going to be okay. Um, I've experienced that myself. And then how it hits everyone differently or at a different time in that moment, you remember it. And um, so I just want to thank you for sharing. I'm going to assume a lot of people are going to really, really relate to this. And I'm going to um, put in some music that I think people will appreciate to end this episode. And I want to thank you so much for joining me. And thank Thank you you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast.